fadeaway with a hand in his face in the air for the win! Yes, Let's it fly, and Carl Anthony Towns drills it at the buzzer. A catastrophic finish for the Grizzlies. Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Your home for the best Wolves talk around. Wiggins spots up there, deep three, he's got it. He scores it at the buzzer to give the Timberwolves the victory. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast, the best Wolves talk around. And my name is Gabe Anderson. And of course, I'm joined by Jared Good. Jared, how you doing? I'm going to have to use the old uh, Chris line status quo as a, as a Timberwolves fan this week. Uh, right. A couple close games, which is nice to see, but uh, still a little frustration. Yeah, and I, and we'll get into that, but I think we did play better this week. I, I really thought like things were coming along. I feel like we were maybe another max player away from winning that Indiana game and maybe that Toronto game, but we'll talk about that. Also joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I think I've turned a corner uh, this season, and I'm in a good space right now. Okay, good, good. Some some positivity. Uh, so first, I mean, we got to talk about it, the game. So we're recording this on Friday night, so the Timberwolves game has just ended. Uh, and uh, game second game this week against the Toronto Raptors, the first one went a little better. Um, so there, there, there was some good stuff in this game, though, particularly the third quarter went very well for the Timberwolves. Also, we had that Anthony Edwards dunk that I think will be in posters and in highlight reels for years to come. But uh, let, let's start with you, Chris. Kind of break down tonight's game, and what, what did you see out of the team tonight? Well, what I saw out of both these teams is I think that it's the model that we're going for. Like everyone wants to talk about how Houston's our model because that's where Rosas is from. And I, I always look at stuff with the GM and takes, but this Raptors team seems like what we're trying to get is a bunch of hard, hard playing young guys on cheap contracts. And then a handful of big stars and uh, mix it together and hope that a small market can make it work. Um, this game, we just, you know, we played hard. They played hard. Um, There's some things I didn't like. It seemed like we were trying, like the first quarter looked sloppy. Um, we couldn't get a good shot. Um, when J-Mac was running the offense for a while, it seemed like it seemed like he was passing up the easy pass to Nas Reed to kind of almost like make a harder pass to a wing, um, maybe to show that he can do that. I don't know. Uh, but it was sloppy, but our defense was great. Yeah. I mean, we held up great on D. Um, what more can you ask for on a young team right now is to turn around and just play hard D. You know, our shots are going to fall. I'm not worried about that. Right, for sure. Yeah, and what I thought about tonight was, I I mean, it's just another blown fourth quarter by the Timberwolves. I mean, we've seen it so much this year. That's the thing. Like, unless, like, the Wolves have a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter, it never feels safe as a finger as a Timberwolves fan. It never feels like we're going to pull it out in the end. But Jared, what what did you think of tonight's performance? What what, what were your thoughts? Uh, like Chris said, I, I like the defensive effort. Let's let's not shine away from the the Raptors shot thirty three percent from the field in this game and thirty percent from three, and, and still won. 
if you get that every game, you're going to win a lot of games. It just it just didn't happen tonight. Um, I got kind of a fun stat to kick off the podcast, and that is that the Toronto Raptors are now in their last 15 games, 15 and 0 when Kyle Lowry misses the game. So that's I hate kind of, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> just a lot of side note. A lot of people, a lot of people don't don't like Kyle Kyle Lowry, and I'm I'm kind of in that that realm as well. But um, just something I thought I'd talk about to kick off the podcast. Without Kyle Lowry, they're pretty damn good, um, and even with him, they're they're also pretty good as well. Even though the record might not say so right now. So, Chris, let let's get into that maybe briefly. Why do you not like Kyle Lowry? So. And this is the same reason, and this is going to be a hot take, why why I really tended to dislike Kevin Garnett is because in the end of his career, he kind of Paul Pierce, um, even Chris Paul, how they do that, like always trying to get a foul call, always like trying to bait it into something stupid, always getting a dirty little play here and there, like that kind of basketball, like I get it you get the call and it might be good basketball for team wise, but I just don't need to watch it. Like I will purposely not watch games with those players because they're just unwatchable for me. So that's why I just don't like watching them. Okay. It's as simple as that. Uh, were you, uh, so, so if you were the Raptors, let, let's say back when, when they had the decision to keep Lowry or DeRozan, would you have kept DeRozan over Lowry or, I mean, I think they're what they needed to do and what they really wanted to do is probably move both of them. Um, and I just don't think that there was a market for Lowry at his contract. I think they only found a market for DeRozan. Um, so that's what they had to do. I don't think they had a choice. Um, I, pretty much I, their GM doesn't make bad decisions. So um, anything I think he does on behind. to see what they had in Fred Van Vliet. Um, he was still young at the time. And uh, kind of unproven, but a, an up-and-coming player. And I don't think they're willing to move both of them just because they weren't ready to hand the keys to Fred Van Vliet yet. Mm-hmm. It was a salary cap thing, though. They are so far over the salary cap. I think Lowry's making like $40 million or $35 million. Like he's That's the problem. Like I'm not saying he can't play, but just they had to move that money. You know, Again, I look at it from money. Um mm. Here's a Fred Van Vliet nugget that I was thought watching today uh, for Minnesota basketball, like old heads, um, I guess I can call myself. Khalid El-Amin, I think you guys were probably too young to really remember watching him from Minneapolis North, but he ended up playing for uh, Connecticut, uh, would think won won a national championship with them, Um, came to the Bulls for a couple years, good player. Um, But he reminds me exactly of Fred Van uh, Van Vliet. It's just... uh, you know, he had that same style. It just was the wrong era for it, I think. But that kid could play out of Minneapolis North. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, when you said that, I'm Googling him right now. Yeah, like you said, won a national championship, went to North High. He's Ice. unbelievable. Yeah. He's short, kind of stocky point guard like that, and um, amazing handle, could get anywhere he wanted. He just wasn't, like, elite size. Um, kind of like a little fat guy, to tell you the truth. Um, same as Van Vliet. And he could just hoop, though. Um, watching him, I mean, he's, he was unbelievable. I, I, I remember the name. Um, I, I, I don't remember a whole lot about him, but I, the name rings a bell. 
the the guy for me um, growing up that was a big stud was uh, um, Magruder from from Cooper. Uh, ended up playing for um, the name might not be right, but um, ended up playing for the U for a while. Um, could jump out of the gym. Super young. He played for Cooper in high school. Oh, um, oh, do you, wait, wait. Uh, do you mean Rodney Williams? Yeah, Rodney Williams. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That dude could get out of the gym. He could jump. Yeah, he mm-hmm. could. Yeah, he could. He had some. He definitely had some highlight dunks at at Williams Arena. And uh, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, so so let's get into it. So let let's let's quickly kind of run through the week in general, and then we can get to some of the other points. Um, so let's quickly move on to, because we want to handle some other stuff, like All-Star yeah. Game and Dunk Contest. So let's go to the Indiana game. Um, yeah, just a, that, was, that one felt like a rough one to lose. And something that I took away from the Indiana game, and I think I posted this in the group, you forget how good Sabonis, or, um, Sabonis is because he plays in Indiana. <laughs> and, yep. and and you don't see him on a night to night basis, but he's good. And there's something I I don't know. There's something about the Pacers. They don't have the most talent, but I but they made the playoffs for like the past five years. And they try hard. Yeah, yeah. They they play good team basketball. And uh, but man, that that Anthony Edwards three that was in like. That that so far, right? in. <laughs> he, like in every other scenario that goes in, and I don't think. So here's what I'll ask. Here's here's what I'll start with you, Jared. What do you think when you have Carl Anthony Town? What did you think of that play at the end to give give the final shot to Anthony Edwards? Were you okay with that, or would you have rather seen Towns um, shoot that ball? So right before we ran this play, I posted in the game thread in our in our group, and I said, I'm really interested to see what Ryan Saunders does here because he's been kind of subpar in end-of-the-game situations. And looking back at it, I mean, we had an entry pass to Towns, and then it got kicked back out, and we got Anthony Edwards in isolation. And we've talked about in the past um, about Anthony Edwards' Uh, isolation scoring is in the 100th percentile. I was f- kind of fine with it. You know, I kind of wish he would have would have drove to the basket, but, I mean, the, the shot was right there, and I can't blame the kid. I mean, he's young, and my biggest, my biggest thing was is he hadn't made a three-pointer prior to that moment in the game. So um, having him take a three there um, – Probably not the best confidence shot in the world, but you're giving the keys to Anthony Edwards, which which I like. I mean, he's a young player, and he's he's excelled in the past two to three weeks in my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say that for everyone. Um, there's there's certain situations that that he misses close to the rim, which is super frustrating to me, and we've talked about that in the past. But um, I also think that. Uh, the play call was okay. You know, we got it into our stud. We got uh, isolation with Edwards, and he had a good look. It just didn't drop. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not more you can hang your hand on on that one. Right. And then, uh, Chris, what did you think of that that closing play? Were you cool with that or no? Well, it was, I mean, because it wasn't really the play that they wanted. Um, Ryan said afterwards the plan was to run that pick and roll and have Cat roll up on the little on the guard. I forget who it was, and he did. He rolled up on that guy in the post, and um, the 
uh, Ant just didn't pass him the ball because he also had, as Cat said afterwards about it, I mean, he had a good matchup up top too. Like him on, uh, um, what was his name? Uh, the shot blocker. I can't think of it now. Uh, Miles Turner. Yeah, him on Miles Turner at the three-point line um, isn't a bad matchup. And something I've been seeing a lot of over all these games is and it and it speaks to my change in opinion on what I'm watching right now is Ryan isn't really going for the best play to win all the time or for the game. He's going to, he's teaching guys in moments, it seems like. Um, so I mean, giving him the ball in that situation is a teaching moment. And I like to see that because who cares about a win this year? If that if that shot right there gives us three wins two years from now, it's worth it. Right. So, so what you're saying is you've kind of, so, so you've kind of written, I mean, it's easy to do. So you've kind of written off that season, right? This season right now, and you're, you're kind of looking forward towards the future. Um, well, kind of. So I think it's not only I've written it off, but I think it's just it's what's happening because like in the first quarter of this game, we were down big. We couldn't hit a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our starters had sat for six minutes. Second quarter starts. You would think you would come back with our starters to uh, give us a boost, right? Because we just couldn't hit a shot. We didn't. We kept the same team out there um, and just let them struggle through it. And I think it's, I think right now they're trying to teach these guys and run like, this is what we're going to do. You're going to have to excel in your role. That's like the mantra of this team is, you know, be great in your role or whatever they keep saying. Um, So I think this year is turning into teaching. And even if I looked at the stats the other day, we said at best we're a 500 team, right? Like right. if we're healthy this year, then right. we've all agreed on that. Right around 500. Yeah, if I have... we go five, if we go 500 from here on out, we'll have the same win percentage as I think Orlando, who sits five right now. They'd be five right now in the lottery. So even if we go 500 from here on out, we're still going to be have a you know 30 percent chance at a top three pick, and that's at 500. So, like, we're not going anywhere this year. Right. So let's teach these guys in their moments and, uh, you know, let them, let them grow. I mean, that's part of the reason why D'Lo probably got this little knee cleanup. Right. I mean, I'm sure he's hurt, but, you know, not a bad time to take it and let Anthony Edwards learn how to run the game. Right. Run the ball. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And let's let's move on to the Anthony Edwards uh, injury because I mean, or D-Lo? yeah, yeah, D, yeah, yeah, D Lo, yeah, that's what I meant to say, yeah, uh, but yeah, so D Lo, he, 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 so he came, I forget what game it was, but he came in, hit two threes, then they took him out, he didn't look like he was struggling, and then he sat out for a couple games, and then it was announced that he needed knee surgery. Now, is, is I, I can't, I, I'm not totally sure, but this is the same surgery he had in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I mean, are you okay with him getting surgery at this point? I mean, I, I feel like I, as much as you want to see Towns and um, D-Lo together and get it together, I, I feel like we're a next-year team anywhere anyway. Don't you think, Jared? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in the past couple of weeks, I've, I've said this team is really incomplete because – uh, we haven't seen uh, D'Lo and Cat together as much as we we envisioned, and 
uh, K-Fan actually had a really good stat on this um, on the radio the other day, and I was listening, and they said that uh, Cat and D'Lo had played uh, five games out of a potential what would be now, I believe, 50 um, together, and that's just kind of what I'm talking about when I say that this team is just so incomplete. We haven't seen it together, and it, it's frustrating because um, we, we've all envisioned, like I said before, uh, D'Lo was not put on this team to play by himself, and Cat was obviously put in a situation to play with his best friend D'Lo. But it just hasn't worked, and they've had injuries, we've had COVID, we've had literally everything that could possibly go wrong, go wrong for this team when it comes to rotational pieces and starting lineups and our two stars. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway from 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 D'Lo missing right now is I love J-Mac, and you guys might agree with me, might disagree with me, but... I think this dude has earned a contract, and I don't know if we've extended his contract yet. Um, I know he had a goofy contract where he could only play, like, uh, I think it was, like, 30-plus games up here without being re-signed. Um, but but I, I like J-Mac. I like what he's doing with the second unit. I like his backup role. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm also willing to... To, to move Rubio still. Uh, I know he had a flash in the pan game, but I, I'm still willing to move him oh, yeah. um, to make the trade piece work. But it, it's kind of depending on, on who's willing to buy, you know? I mean, you, you can all, you can only sell if there's buyers. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, uh, Chris, your, your thoughts on kind of the D-Lo injury and what's kind of going on with that? Well... Again, like there's so many bad things that have, like Jared said, that have happened to the Wolves this year. But, you know, again, I'm trying to flip this for us. Um, let's say that none of that happened and we, you know, were a 10 seed. We maybe had a, a playoff, you know, a quick playoff exit. Um, at that point, we're drafting middle of the first round, probably a rotational guy. Um, we're going to, it's just, not great for talent-wise. We didn't add a lot to a team that still needs talent. Now that we have D'Lo out, which he had the same surgery in Brooklyn, and he was out 10 weeks, which was like 60 games or something like that. So more than – I mean, he's out for the season. Um, we're going to have a shot at, you know, a top pick, maybe. I mean, it's a maybe, but I'll take a 40% maybe right now to get another – franchise chasing changing talent maybe like that's a huge advantage and now we get edwards to run two-man game with cat like to get just tons of reps doing that like that's going to advance him so far in his you know ability to maybe be a star you know him handling the ball as much as he's going to um just accelerates that that so i mean i think it's good i mean we delo I don't know what's going on with him. I don't trust the bad news. I think he's still on board in Minnesota. Um, So I'm just looking at him as a guy who's just going to be an added high-level starter that will come in next year, almost like adding a new piece to a team. Now, do you think, like, would you guys be in favor? Like, let's say say he has a surgery and is out four to six weeks or something – and he's ready to come back, would you be okay with the Wolves? Like, let's say they keep losing or losing so often. Would you be okay with the Wolves just saying, hey, let's just shut it down? Like, let's just, 
end this now. I'm guessing that he'll be for that. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't. I, I would be. I don't know him personally, but if it's like, hey, will you play off a fairly new, surgically cleaned up knee? Delo seems like the kind of guy that's like, nah. I'll let you guys run the rest of this out, you know? Right. I, I think that, that a lot of it has to do with if we fear losing Cat to to mental status, to wanting to be traded, like like Cat, we can't lose Cat. That's obviously the key number one. And if bringing D'Lo back when we're, you know, 20 and 35 does that for him to, to stay here, I mean, then you got to do it, but... I also think that we ain't going anywhere either, like like Chris said, and and I think we we're kind of all on board with that right now. That that we're not really going anywhere. So so what's the purpose of doing that? Like let them get healthy, um, and just see what we have next year. And it, it's it sucks to say that because because you know us three we watch every game whether we're eight and fifty three or eight and ten. You right. know, like we're we're always there to watch it, but. At the end of the day, you you got to think about the future at this point, in my opinion. I wonder if – oh, go ahead. If you're, if you're a Timberwolves fan, like one who's actually a Timberwolves fan, one that's actually going to listen to this or watch any games, um, having a season that, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games and you might get a high draft pick isn't surprising to you. You know, like this isn't a new thing that like, oh, no, we're going to have to maybe get a high draft pick. Like, yeah sorry guys it's another year of this but guess what you've been through right 15 or however long you've been a fan like you can do it you know right yeah yeah and you like in social media and stuff you you like like you were saying you see a lot of people freak out like oh we're the worst team well yeah we, okay. we we've been the worst team for a really long time so and i like the way this worst team is looking i like the way that we've got young talent that is hungry we're playing hard we still have stars uh i'd rather have this bad team than some of the other bad teams we've had right yeah and that's what i was gonna say like i wonder what our podcast would look like if it was like 2010 right before we got like kevin love and we're talking like oh al jefferson had 20 tonight (laughs) Or or something like that right That'd be tough. I loved Al Jefferson, though. No, no, I did too. I feel like Al. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like someone on that team had to score. So like Al yeah. Jefferson by default like scored and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but Prime Al Jefferson scores twenty points a game right now, just posting everybody up. Yeah, for yeah, I agree. It fits perfect with the uh, the mold that we have right now with a power forward necessity. That's true. Yeah, I I would love Al Jefferson on the, on this team. That would that that would be great. But like we're talking like, oh, who sh- should uh, should we start Sebastian Telfair or right <laughs> or, something, yeah. or, or something like that? Or should we move on from Johnny Flynn or something like that? But yeah, yeah. so I'll tell you what, I had some negative. That was some negative times for me. So that would have been a very I would have been a very negative podcaster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I can transition us into the next to the next segment. Yeah, um, yeah, go here. ahead. I I just there's one thing that I wanted to talk about watching tonight's game. Um, we just don't seem to get calls. Whether it's Cat, whether it's Edwards, like like we're in the crunch time of of tonight's game, and 
Cat gets called for a legal screen, and I think his score was 81-81 at the time it got called with, like, 46 seconds. And there's, like, it just seems that, like, so many times, like, we just get in situations where we don't get calls. And I hate to complain about referees and stuff, but, like, I see Edwards drive to the hole so hard and get smacked but not get a call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't earned it. You know, we're the worst team in the NBA, and we're the youngest team in the NBA. Um, I wouldn't give us calls either. Uh, but the, you know what I love is when I was talking about how much I hated Kyle Lowry um, and Paul Pierce and KG in his older days, Cat um, started out like that. Cat was one of those guys that was always complaining, like Blake Griffin style, complaining about everything his first couple years. And that's something that has changed in the culture this year, I've noticed, huge for the entire team, is no one's complaining. I mean, here and there, maybe like one of these crazy like wide-eye looks or like a gas face kind of thing, but never arms up in the air, not getting back on D type of complaining. Um, that's the kind of culture stuff that I like to see. And that's, a, you know, maybe that's a testament to Ryan Sanders. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I think it's also the makeup of our team. Like you've got a lot of players. Like Malik Beasley wants to be an all defensive player. He's getting back on defense, playing defense. We have a lot of defensive minded players, like Josh Akogi, and I know Jared Culver's not on, out there, but he's a defensive minded player. And Jake Lehman feels like he has a level head. And um, but yeah, I, I def I definitely see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I because <laughs> uh, I was curious. I looked up the 2009 to 2010 Timberwolves. Um, leading scorer Al Jefferson was 17 a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that that'll that'll show you where where the league has kind of changed. How many, how many rebounds did he have? Eight or nine re- rebounds? He had to get a bunch of boards. Uh, he averaged 9.3 per game. Oh, yeah, he was a double double machine back then. <laughs> this is a testament to this podcast of. What you're listening, what you guys are listening to, are three guys that are born and raised in Minnesota that love the Timberwolves that have sweated it out through some of the toughest years yep. possible. I like, we've been through it. <laughs> what I what I will say is so so these basically what I'm talking about right now are my early high school years, and it was great mm-hmm. because tickets were so cheap. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I remember one year. Um, they did this promotion called Pay the Pick. We're literally yeah, like, I, yeah, I got that. I got season <laughs> tickets that year. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was like three dollars a ticket. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and yeah. they, like lower level tickets. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Mine were upper deck, but still they were nice. Yeah, I mean upper deck. There's not. I mean, other than like the really top, there's really not a bad seat in the Target Center. I, I think. I I think, man, does it. Can you believe we're in COVID and talking about going to games? Like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> like, the the first game they let fans in, like, I don't care. Like, give me the vaccine. Like, and, and I know that's a different topic, but, like, we, I, 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 I need to go to a game. Like, I need to go to a game pretty quick here. Uh, so let's talk about one guy who, one guy who's really performing for the Timberwolves, and that is Malik Beasley. I feel like, Right now, the, his contract, particularly the one that he just signed for the Timberwolves, is looking really good for the future. That we locked him down now at what, what was it, sixty-five million? 
or 63. Yeah, it's like 11 or 12 a year, 13 a year. 12 a year? I mean, think about it. We're we're paying five million less a year than we are for Rubio right now, and this guy's putting up twenty points a game. Uh, well, he's he's putting up numbers of guys that are making twenty five plus million a year. I mean, a, he's a stud. He he's, is. And and what's crazy is, um, he he he's one of those guys that you want on your team to show the other guys just how to work hard, like. I know we've got, you know, Cat, they say they he works hard, and Delos in the gym, but those are guys you don't see doing it. Like, they might be doing it on their own. Beasley's just grinding, and he gives off that that aura that he's a grinder, kind of like how Jimmy Butler does, you know? Like, mm-hmm. even if they – I think Jimmy Butler's – a lot of his stuff is, is you know, good press and, G, and uh, you know, I don't believe it as much, but it still has that vibe, and it gets guys motivated. Mm-hmm. And he's 24. Yeah. He's 24 years old. Like, he's not even close to his prime, and he's already one of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, we just have to learn how to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's young, you know. But he's he'll go, like, the whole, this game, he went the whole first quarter. I think he got one shot. He played the whole first quarter. He had one shot, and we, and we couldn't score. We were, like, one of ten from three, and Beasley had one shot in the whole first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um We've had some fourth quarters like that too, where he just, or the first game back with Cat, he just couldn't, he just didn't know how to get the, we didn't know how to get the ball to him. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll learn. We're young. We'll figure that out. Right. And so, two things I, I want to say about Beasley. One, Timberwolves fans have been saying for years that we've never had a good, like a really good three point shooter, like maybe back mm-hmm. to Fred Hoiberg or something like all the way back to that. Like we haven't had a good guard that can shoot the ball. I think we finally have a good guard that can shoot the ball and he's yeah. on a good, he's on a good contract. Also, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I completely forgot my point. Okay. Let's go to Jared. Jared, uh, talk a little Malik Beasley for us. Yeah. So, so Beasley, um, I mentioned in a previous podcast averaging like I think 11 or 12 more points a game than he's averaged in his whole entire career which was which was super nice to talk about you know like the the dude the dude can put the ball in the bucket he plays hard um, but also one thing that I'll spin back to you guys is I know this has been talks coming up with the all-star break do you think Malik 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 Beasley deserves to be an all-star. And in, in my point of view, I think he absolutely does uh, ahead of some of the other guys that are ahead of him. All-star? I, okay, yeah, you go. Okay, yeah. Uh, all-star? I don't think yet. I don't think his numbers are quite there. Um, like, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's having a career year right now. But I don't think compared to some... I I don't think, maybe in the Eastern Conference, but I don't think compared to some of the guards in the Western Conference, he's quite an all-star level yet. Also, I don't think that the team that he's on helps um, too much, um, particularly, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think all-star, but I'll I'll leave it to you, Chris. What do you think? So, remember what you said about the Indiana Pacers? Yeah. You're like, oh, they're good, but man, I just I don't even know. Like I've never seen them. That's that's a Minnesota Timberwolves for everybody in the uh, you know in the nation. So um, yeah, they don't know us, and that's going to hurt his votes. But he's not consistent yet. Um, 
he's so hot and cold still, but I would say not all-star. But when you look at the list of guys and who was voted where and players' votes were all counted in this time, he should have been much higher up on that list. Like, I don't think all-star, but I could see him being, you know, the second guard that missed it or something like that, or third guard that missed it. Like, he should be in that range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so maybe, maybe like, an all-star, like, reserve, like, someone gets hurt and then, like, maybe he fills in for someone. I, I, I think in the future, absolutely, for sure. Like, like for example, like, let's say the team all comes back, we get a good draft pick, and everyone plays up to fruition. Beasley scoring twenty points a game. Russell scoring twenty points, and and Cat is scoring twenty points, and we're like a five hundred team. Then yeah, I could I could see next year. I just don't think that you can give the second option on a team right now an all star nod on a team that's this this bad record wise. That that's right. all. Yeah, that, that's all I'm saying about about that. Oh, and the one point I was gonna make about Malik Beasley. So many guys, and we made this. We we've said this in the past, but so many guys on this team are afraid to shoot, or they're very hesitant about shooting. Like they'll do like a pump, like a three pointer. Particularly, they'll do like a pump fake, and then stand there and think about it. Malik Beasley is not afraid to shoot, like and even d- deep in the fourth quarter, right? Like what? Good or bad, good or bad, he will light it up and shoot it for hell or high water. He he will go after it, and he's not afraid to shoot. What were you saying, Jared? I was going to say tonight we had two wide open air balls. One was by Towns. One was by Rubio. There was a point where there was a point in the game where I wanted to make a mental note, and I watched Okogi drive in the lane, and I don't remember what happened uh, because. I was watching the game, and I was like, God, I should make a mental note about that because Okogi looked horrible there. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was really bad. He didn't want the ball. What happened is he got right to where he needed to get, and then he just realized that he, the last place he wants to be on earth is right there on a basketball court <laughs> with the ball having to make a decision at the rim. So he just shut off. <laughs> and what happened after that was very telling something we uh we talked about last episode we saw jake layman come in and mm-hmm. i think on the on the telecast um jim pete um who is great by the way i mean he has his biases but he's a great gr- one of the best there is um said that he was taking anthony edwards's minutes because anthony edwards wasn't playing good but what he was doing was taking josh Akogi's. And he took the rest of Josh Okogie's minutes for the game, and he looked good. Um, it might be a time where, you know, Josh Okogie might be on real thin ice right now, and Lehman might be the next man up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Lehman looked good tonight. And, um, yeah, I, I I mean, I would rather have Jake Lehman than Josh Okogie, definitely. As much as I like the guy, and yeah. uh, it's just – and I, I remember his draft. I remember when he got drafted. There was this whole, there was this video of him and his parents like freaking out and just like I, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's tough to watch Josh Okogie play right now. So this, let, yeah, go ahead. This this just might be me, but like like I don't want to see Josh Okogie get any minutes until it's the end of the game situations. Like I like I stated before we started this podcast, we are. Uh, in the last 11 games, they've all decided been decided by 10 or less. Like, it, 
when we need a defense to stop, I want to see Vanderbilt on the floor. I want to see McDaniels on the floor. I want to see, you know, I want to see Okogie on the floor. Like, those are the guys that I want to see on the floor in certain situational basketball moments. But they're not guys that I want to see on the floor all the time. And and I can't say the same for all of, all of them. Like, obviously, I'd like to see a little bit more of McDaniels than, than Okogie. But, like, when we need to stop at the end of the game, those are the three players that I absolutely want on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like a pinch runner in baseball. That's what I want a Kogi to be. When it's like, okay, we need a guy to get from, you know, tag up on this fly ball. We need a guy to just do one hard defensive position possession. Let's sub in a Kogi. Other than that, get him out of there. <laughs> right. And and the that and the, but that's the sad part about it is a Kogi came in as a mid first round draft pick. And that's not really what you want your mid first round draft pick to be, right? I mean, a lot of those guys miss. A lot of those. That's, I mean, mid first round draft picks are tough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Crazy um, thing about a Kogi, he shot 38% from three in college on, I think, three or four attempts a game, I remember. Um, very strange stat. Yeah, yeah, that, that is an interesting stat. Yeah, but um, who knows what's going on at Georgia Tech, though? I mean, they're not necessarily a basketball uh, <laughs> blue blood, I guess I'll say. Although, I will say in college right now, a lot of the blue bloods in college are not looking too good. Duke, North Carolina, uh, Kentucky looks terrible, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so let, let's talk, since we mentioned it, a little All-Star game. Uh, the All-Star starters were announced, uh, so in the West... We have Luka, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi. And then in the East, we have uh, Kyrie, Beal, um, who you have to put in because he's scoring like 100 points a game, uh, Durant, Antetokounmpo, and Embiid. Any, uh, do you guys have any issues with, with who, who got in with the starters? Or Basically, I guess the, the real question is, should should they have put Lillard over Doncic? What do you guys think? What do you what do you think, Chris? Um, no, I mean maybe. Like, okay, who cares? You know, they're both amazing players. Um, you know, social media and everybody wants to make a big deal about everything. Um, Luca was almost the MVP of the league last year. Like that type of game. Mm-hmm. Um. All-Star game a lot of times is based off last year's play. Um, You know, Lillard's a stud, but guess what? You're playing in the West with a bunch of studs. You know, that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, maybe, but I could also make an argument equally the other way that no, you know? Right. The the only reason I might say, and like you said, it's not a huge deal because, I mean, the All-Star game, there's no defense and (laughs) who really cares, but... I think it's the honor part of it. The the thing is that I will say is Portland without CJ McCollum and it's being led by Dame has a better record than Dallas. And Portland has been right. playing really good lately and beating some really good teams. So I guess without McCollum and Nurkic again, like both yeah. both of them are out. Like Nurkic, that's a huge loss for them. That's why they barely made the playoffs last year. Um so so, yeah, I don't know. I could see the argument for Dame, but I think I think the world is in love with Luca. So, uh, Jared, what, what's your thoughts on the All Star starters? Any complaints, or does it look pretty solid? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be in the minority on this one. Um, but 
one of my favorite point guards of all time, and till this day, still rocking it, is Chris Paul. You give Chris Paul that starting lineup, that dude might have 30 assists. Like, he had 19 tonight with the Suns. Um, Chris Paul... You can say what you want, what you want, but that dude, that dude just knows how to win. Um, I've been a fan of him since he played at Wake Forest. Um, he was one of my favorite players, along with Justin Gray. Uh, I'll let you know how long I'm a basketball fan. Justin Gray is my uh, player name that not many recognize, but uh, <laughs> was very good in college. But if you if you give me that lineup, and and I can put Chris Paul in there to dish it out. Give me Chris Paul, but uh, I'll take Luca ahead of of Dame as well. Uh, much like Chris said, uh, Luca Lucas Luca's a stud, but he's younger than me, which is which is kind of crazy, you know. Like I'm starting to look at NBA players, like how old are they? And yeah, I'm, I'm to the same way, kind of old, <laughs> right? But, but but Luca Luca is a stud. Uh, dude does it all. He points, rebounds, assists. He's Outside of Porzingis, he's the sole reason why the Mavericks were good last year. Um, Porzingis was obviously a huge ad for them, but um, yeah, you know, um, I think that that Porzingis is still a little bit better than uh, Lillard. Lillard has a clutch factor, which might be kind of important, but in an all-star ter- in an all-star type game. Usually the game is decided before it gets into the final eight minutes. Like if you ever watch an All Star game, like like nobody plays defense for the first oh yeah forty minutes, you know, and then and then crunch time comes down. It's like oh my god, everyone flips a switch and knows how to play defense all of a sudden. So it's kind of crazy. It's but. not about. I mean, they're not trying to win. They're just saying who does yeah deserved it. Right, right, for sure. Um, so one yeah. thing I want to talk about which would be kind of NBA All-Star related, was how about that dunk? Yeah. I mean, Anthony Edwards' dunk tonight, that was maybe the best dunk in-game I've seen. I mean, it could definitely get arguments for best in-game dunk, I don't know, the last 20 years, 15 years. I don't know. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was an amazing dunk. And you see, that's what's so fun about watching Anthony Edwards because it feels like he he he's moments away every single every single game from like two or three of those moments. Like he's trying to he's trying to get um poster dunks on people and it's really fun to watch. And what I love is he missed some. So yeah. to have the confidence to go right back to it after you've missed them shows me a lot about that kid you know like he he's putting the nba on notice and he's and he's making mistakes doing it and he knows that and then he comes back and tries it again because he's so he's determined to put the nba on notice and i love it um it was a that was that was an amazing dunk dude blew my mind yeah i think the only thing that would have made it better if it was like on Jokic or something like like on like a top player but you, you, like you said, that that was an an amazing dunk. And I what, think that guy is six eight, right, or something like that. Six eight, six ten. The guy who dunked, and I mean, of course, he's. I mean, he didn't dunk on you know, Gobert or anything. But geez, right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I'll say about Edwards is that, you know, at the last, you know, we we're talking about the Indiana game earlier, and and when he missed. 
he was so like you could tell on his face that he was disappointed that it didn't drop but at the end of the day he still kind of like laughed about it and being like oh my god i can't believe that didn't go in and Mm -hmm. i i feel like when i watch edwards like when he flips a switch and starts to get like pissed off about stuff like that that dude is going to be so damn good. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nothing to take away from him and his his free-flowing personality, but, like, he's a good basketball player. He just, he's he's getting to that point where, like, if he wants to flip a switch and be dominant, he can be dominant. Mm-hmm. And, and what better time, like, uh, Chris, like you were saying, what better time for him to go for, like, Tomahawk jams and miss it than right now when we're 7-23? and 23? Like when it when right. it does it doesn't really matter right now and why not try to because here here's the thing to put like 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 you were mentioning Chris like for when we were talking about the All Star like that that people don't even know about the Wolves because they haven't been watching them what better way to get more national eyes on the uh, on the Timberwolves than having Sports Center top ten the number one play being Anthony Edwards posterizing that guy I'll, I'll bet and- you yeah. The second half schedule isn't out. We had, I think, what, one or two nationally televised games. With Anthony Edwards putting up numbers like this, we might sneak another one or two in there, like on a on an off night. Mm-hmm. Um, something. He can do it. He can he can be that wow factor. He can be that box office. Um and again to age myself, he's got a lot of Kirby Puckett to him. Um he's got that flair that everybody wants to love, that smile, that that kid having a fun time but also like a killer um he, he's got a lot of crowd appeal man he's gonna be he's gonna be fun to watch also and like we've seen like in games like like for example like that that la game you could tell that he wanted to put on a show against lebron so he goes out and has 28 points. Now we might need to fine tune it and be like, "Hey, you you need we need to sh- you to show out every single night." But we we've seen like against Wiseman, he tried to posterize Wiseman too. When when the spotlight is on, he try he he really tries to to pop into the spotlight and, and do something amazing. And I think I think one of the things about Edwards like like coming into the draft was he's like, "Oh, I think there was a quote, something like, I'm not really sure if I even want to play basketball or if I, if, if, if I even like basketball. And, like, he's on the stage now, and he's like, yeah, hey, I kind of like this, you know? Like, right. <laughs> like he wants to play, and he wants to be good, and he is good. And I think he's only going to excel in the, in the coming years. I think we found a diamond in the rough. Like, as much as people want to talk about how good LaMelo's been, and LaMelo's been great, but... I think absolutely Anthony Edwards has been the top pick. Uh, some of the stuff that I've seen in the past two or three weeks, like just his willingness to get to the rim, mm-hmm. especially on a team like this that loves to shoot threes, that is absolutely what you want to see in a guy like Anthony Edwards, a young guy that just gets the ball in space and goes to the hole. Yep. And I think that's the big thing looking forward for us. Yeah, and the one thing I see out of Anthony Edwards is he doesn't need – like a screen or like a, an elaborate play to get to the basket. He'll just go off the dribble and just create his own, create his own. Now, there's definitely ways that you can get him open in different play calls and stuff like that. But he's a guy that when you need him to, to get to the basket, he could get to the basket and either lay it up and he, he needs to learn how to finish. But he, he can put down a ferocious dunk or 
it's it's honestly fun every time he goes down the lane because you're thinking what can happen like what 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 can this guy do and I I think it's the most excited about a rookie that I've been in a long time because. I mean, yeah, Culver had some good dunks, but you never felt like, hey, this guy's yeah. going to be great or this guy has unlimited potential. So uh, I'm going to want you never to compare Anthony Edwards to Culver again on the <laughs> podcast. I'm just putting that out there. No, um, I, I, I'm going to try not to. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, yeah, Anthony Edwards, um, you'll watch him. And whenever Cat comes to set a pick, when it's kind of in like free flow defense or free flow offense, um, he's always mad. He he doesn't want it because um, his stats when he's using a pick and roll is are way way worse than just ISO. Like at, at right now, he he's at his best isolation. Like clear the clear the floor floor and let him go. Um, but that's also why I loved a couple games ago when we had him run the entire offense and he ran pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll with cat, because just like we did with, with uh, just like daddy flip did with uh, Zach Levine when they gave him the keys as a point guard, when he wasn't good enough, but we were teaching him those skills. And now you can be that, you know, ball handling wing um, that's so valuable in the NBA. But if he can get that pick and roll down, and that ISO down, I mean, geez, this kid has got it all. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. And yeah, it's it's going to be fun going forward. Um, just just watching this kid develop, and I, I which I, I think I think this is going too far. But I've seen people online saying, "Screw Towns, let's just build around him," which I I think this, that's a little premature. To be honest with you, um, when you have some like towns, just give up on towns. But well, what's beautiful is we can do it both. That's How true. About we just do that. Yeah, I agree. I I I, I agree with you. So uh, let let's go into kind of the fantasy minute, Jared. What do you got for us for this week, fantasy wise? What should people be looking out for? Uh, yeah. So one of the players that I'm looking to add, uh, he's probably available in quite a bit of leagues, especially like dynasty and deep leagues is Sadiq Bay. I talked about him on a, a previous podcast, but we've already realized that that Blake Griffin isn't going to play, um, until he's traded. Um, that's pretty much a done deal. He's going to get traded. Um, so a guy like Sadiq Bay or even Sfee Mikhailuk, I, I took a long time to, master that pronunciation but it's Fee Mikhailuk. Uh he's a, he's a guy that's going to be seeing minutes um if you look at a, at a team like Detroit that that is is lacking in certain situations you you get a guy like like Griffin who soaks up a lot of usage when he's on the court but he's not going to be there until um at least two or three weeks from now um on a different team. Uh you can look at at some of those guys on Detroit you can look at guys like Chetty Osman, who's probably not available in most of your leagues, um, but Drummond's not. Drummond's Drummond's getting traded um, soon. Um, you can look at teams like the Nets to add him. So if you're if you're a Drummond guy, um, just hang on and see where he goes to. Uh, I talked about Hassan Whiteside multiple times in previous podcasts, but if he's still available. Go grab him because he's going to get traded as well, uh, and I think relatively soon. Other guys that I'm looking at right now, um, if you're 
you could look at a guy like uh, Michael Carter Williams, who is going to be the starting point guard for the Orlando Magic for the next coming weeks until Cole Anthony is back. He's not exciting. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Michael Carter Williams guy, but he gets minutes. He's going to get points. He's going to get production. Um, other than that, I, I don't have a whole lot this week. But uh, just just look at teams and what they're doing. And, and what pieces might be moving in the next coming weeks. Uh, the, I mean, the Bulls have some injuries as well, so you could look at them. Um, but other than that, n- not a whole lot different from last week. Uh, my main guy is still Hassan Whiteside across the board. If he's in any of your leagues, go grab him now. He's going to get traded to a potential contender like the Nets. Um, I'm almost positive he's going to go to the nets but if he doesn't um he's going to be in another contending spot so go go ahead hassan whiteside well there you go i I like that a lot so let's uh let's move forward to the week ahead um so we got the knicks we got uh the bucks and then we got the bulls and then we have a little bit of a break i i and so so we're gonna do it again what what game are you looking forward to the most honestly uh, and I'll start. I am looking really, like, really forward to this Knicks game because it's the return of Thibodeau, and I want to see how good Julius Randle is because there, there's been a huge buzz around him around the league about him turning around, turning around his game, and and just playing really well. So I want to see how good Julius Randle is, and also it's the return of Thibodeau, and he's um. He he's got the Knicks playing well. When was the last time we said that the Knicks are actually a decent team right now? Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for the Knicks game. I mean, they're the seventh seed in the East right now. I know the East is nothing like the West, but uh, that that's my pick. Uh, uh, Chris, what game are you looking forward to the most this week? I mean, I, I gotta <laughs> say the Bulls. I mean, it's 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 hard to not. Um, I'm a big Levine We're going to fight over that one regardless. He, yeah. he, he, right away. <laughs> um, but, I mean, so that's kind of a gimme. Uh, but, the, you know, it'll be fun to watch the Knicks because two scrappy teams. Like, right now we're, we're playing scrappier. At least that's the – that seems like the vibe we want to give off. So I'm sure that we're going to be digging digging in deep uh, and being scrappy that game too. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Cat, I think Cat and Randall played together, right? Or were they one year apart in Kentucky? Uh-huh. Um, I think I think they might have played together. I don't know, but um, Randall. I mean, he basically just gets the ball every single time. He they just run everything through him. So it'll be fun to watch. Maybe Vanderbilt will be on him. I mean, we got the <laughs> we've got the guys to defend him right now. You know, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jared, is it the Bulls or what you got? I'll take the cop out. I'll take the Bucks just because you guys took the other two games, which were before <laughs> cop outs. But uh, I think looking at the Bucks, like let let's let's evaluate the situation here. The Bucks aren't that good this year. They really aren't. Like I I think last time I looked, they're barely above five hundred. They they won tonight against the Thunder. But my question is. Who do we put on Giannis? And is it Okogi? And does no. Okogi see extended run to try and defend? He's he, In my opinion, he's not big enough to defend him. I think you kind of have to try and put Cat on him, in my opinion. But 
I mean, that sounds like a disaster in itself as well. So, I mean, how we match up with the Bucks is horrible, to be honest, on, on the surface. But I think my biggest question is to to look at that game and say, who in the hell on our team tries to defend Giannis? I'll take that. I think we're going to stuff him. I think Vanderbilt and McDaniels are almost perfect matches for him. Because what he likes to do is take a bigger guy out up top and then dribble past him, you know, and use his body to push past him. McDaniels will move his feet with him, um, at least make it difficult. So will Vanderbilt. I think that we're going to give him a lot of trouble, just like we give Pascal Siakam trouble, who tries to do that same, you know, be a big guy who can get get downhill. Um, I think we're going to match up all right and then let Cat kind of just float around the perimeter on um, Lopez and save his energy. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's my question, and I looked up uh, Julius Randle and Cat did not play together. but One year apart? Uh, one or two. Yeah, I think one year apart. My question is, how did it, and I'm looking at the roster, how did the 2014 to 2015 Kentucky Wildcats not win the championship when you have Willie Cauley-Stein, Trey Lyles, uh, Tyler Eulis, and Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker? How, how, how did that not happen? Question. <laughs> I bet you they had a lot of fun on campus. Oh, yeah. because Co- Coach Calipari is an elite coach recruiter he can recruit anybody in the nation i'd say he's a subpar coach in my opinion really i don't think he wants i I think what he wants to do is um is get like you said recruiter but the way to be a great recruiter is to get draft picks um like that season when cat was there cat didn't shoot any threes it's not because he didn't know he could shoot threes obviously he's in practice he wanted cat to learn low post offense because he didn't have that so he made him a better player. Um, I think he's concerned about making the best NBA players and then using that as recruiting tools going forward. I mean, who doesn't? Who that wants to be a top draft pick doesn't want to go to Kentucky. That's true. Well, except except for Cade Cunningham, who, who and Jalen Suggs. Right. Apparently, they they didn't want to go. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at this team and I, I don't understand. I mean, to be fair, this team went. Uh, thirty-eight and one. Um, right. but they they just lost to Wisconsin and and Frank Kaminsky of all players, <laughs> um, in the uh in the championship. Well, uh, we we've got about an hour, guys. So uh, I I think we're gonna wrap it up. As Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us again. I want to leave with one uh hot take. I'd yeah. like to leave with something. Go ahead. Um. My guy Nas Reed, uh, I said a couple weeks ago that I thought that he was going to make Wiseman have a really tough time in those two games. I'm going to say Nas Reed is going to be better than Wiseman um, as a career player. I will also say Nas Reed is probably top five in the NBA as a role man. His hands and his finishing with little floaters and around the rim with little scoop shot layups is elite like nba elite i think he's going to be uh one of the best contracts in the nba if he isn't already awesome well i i hope you're right and jared thanks for joining us as always 
Absolutely, I love I love our Friday night hangouts. It's it's kind of a staple in my week because it's one of the nights that I don't have to work immediately <laughs> following. So it's always fun to hang out with you guys and just chop up basketball for a little bit. But Absolutely. My takeaway is uh, I said it early in the podcast, but just just in case people skipped over and moved time, uh, the Timberwolves in the last eleven games have all decided been decided by ten points or less. Uh, keep an eye on the coaching. Uh, pay attention to what's happening. See what you like. See what you don't like, and make your own uh, make your own make your own adjustments and say what could we have done differently here and watch the game in kind of a different a different point of eyes um, and and just kind of see we're right we're right there so so why can't we start winning these games absolutely and so my big takeaway is looking at the schedule i think we're going to win two out of three of these games like i, I think we're going to beat i think we're going to beat the Knicks, and i think we're going to beat the uh the bulls but you know, maybe Julius Randle and Zach Levine will have something to say about that. Well, this has been another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe and follow on Spotify. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe and follow on Spotify. And as always, go Wolves.